before we get started today, I just want to let you know about our purpose here at Black Crew Call is to expose Black folks to the plethora of positions behind the scenes. Y'all, I mean, if you work in film and TV, you already know there are so many ways to be involved in this medium. And here, through interviews with Black people in these crafts, I will enlighten, blow your mind, drop some gems. Not me exactly, but through my interviews, because this is all stuff that most of us just don't know. And so I'm so excited to give these artists and these craftspeople a platform to be able to share what they are passionate about and their life's work with us. Um, I just got to tell you today, I don't, we have never had a scenic artist and today we have one. And so I'm so excited to introduce you guys to Ebony Nikki Eisen. She's a scenic artist. I mean, guys, I can't even run through all her credits right now because we just do not have the time. I would be taking half of our time <laughs> today. Some of the projects she's worked on, Tyler Perry's A Jasmine Blues, The Oval, National Geographic's Aretha Genius, Atlanta, season two, Naomi, which was done through the CW, which I know a bunch of you loved, Being Mary Jane, which is just like a classic so near and dear to a lot of our hearts. She's a member of Local 479 with IATSE. So you guys know IATSE. And when we talk about IATSE, that's the union for the positions that we're describing. And so hopefully we'll get to talk more with Nikki about her work and joining the union and how that whole process was. Just welcome Ebony Nikki Eisen to the show, to Black Crew Call. We're so excited to have you here. Do you prefer for me to call you Ebony or Nikki? You let me know. Um, it's either one. I Nikki is a long time. That's for a lot of my close friend, family and friends. Okay. So I go by both names my whole entire life um, because it's a backstory with that. I have three cousins with the name Ebony. So um, they called me Nikki. So certain people know me by that. But professionally, I go by Ebony um, Nikki Eisen. I just have to put it in there now because certain people just have adopted it even in the film industry. Fair enough. Well, I want to be professional, so I'm going to call you Ebony. I don't feel like I have learned, earned the right yet to refer to you as Nikki, so you <laughs> are going to be Miss Ebony today. Okay. Hopefully in the future, in the future we could call you Nikki. Um, but yes. first, I just want to hear about you and your path to becoming a scenic artist. Um, how did you get your start? Um, kind of leading up to scenic artists, what kind of stuff did you used to do before? Okay, so um, I, my family has been in real estate for a long time. So I've always been into paint and transforming spaces. So, but I've always been a creative as well because I write as well. I went to a film production school here in Georgia, Georgia Film Academy. And as you know, at that time, it was a pilot program. Um, the film industry had not really boomed here. The tax incentives were just starting to come to Georgia. So the productions were starting to come here. And um, I took a chance in taking this class through my dad. He referred me to it. And from that point, I learned a lot of different things about film, but not really 
about film until you really get the experience on set. From that point, I was a PA in the scenic paint department, which I didn't know what it was at the time. They just said, oh, you'll be in the scenic department. I was like, well, okay, cool. And it happened to be something that I was already knowledgeable about. So I found my, I felt like I found my place because there's so many aspects to um, making a production. But that was some place that I resonated with. That's so interesting because you found it fairly early on. And especially for you to be in kind of a pilot program, you were one of the, the first, it sounds like, in Atlanta to do it. So for you to be the first in the film program and then to be able to kind of find your niche so early was awesome. So, I, you know, I feel like I kind of have an idea what you do, but I know there are so many layers. Can you tell us exactly yeah. what the position of scenic artist does? Well, I will also say that it was uniquely designed for me in the universe because you're right. It was the very first class and I was the last intern to apply for the position on a smaller tier show and they all picked their positions and I was placed in the scenic department. So I was placed where I was supposed to be. That's why I say it was uniquely designed um, how I came into it. But a scenic artist, we bring realness to the sets. Mm -hmm. So um, whether it's on stage or, or it's in the elements, we bring the realness to it. Like you don't want to make, you want to make things look like they would look in real life. And a lot of times this stuff is con- newly constructed. Oh, that's really interesting. I know I saw you guys, you should definitely check out her Instagram. You post a lot of cool shots from stuff you're doing on set. <laughs> um, it's so interesting because you just had a simple shot. One that stands out to me of these shovels. Um, but they're probably purchased brand new and you had to make them look like they were old and worn and they had been used for digging for a long time. I just wondered, how did you even learn those kind of techniques to make things look weathered and aged and used? I learned a lot of things on set. Like I said, I had the basic knowledge, but I learned a lot of things just working day by day and just trying different things. And and that picture that you saw on my Instagram was like a lot of pressure for me because that was this past uh, December to March. I finished that sh- uh, show or that set with Ava DuVernay. It's an origin production. It'll be coming out soon. And that was a last minute request because the the fabricated bodies did not come in so those were plain mannequins and it I had to take it from stark white to a black slave man decomposed that was a lot of pressure but it was uh fun doing it it's just a playing around with the movie show tricks and and that trick particularly was liquid latex to get the skin-like effect. Interesting. 
Oh, that that's funny. You're topping everybody in the after uh, in the happy happy hour after work conversation. I did spreadsheets today. Oh, what did you? I taught some kids a science lesson. Well, I took a mannequin, got some liquid latex, and made it into an aging, decomposing slave body. Like what? Like, what do you do? <laughs> and then and and Ava. Ava specifically came to me and asked me, Ava DuVernay, like, um, I honestly can say she has given me some tasks. I love her so much um, and asked me to do that last minute because we were on a production deadline and that was the day of. And I can't, I can never tell her no to anything. I'm like, okay, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to figure it out. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That is crazy. You had to do a day of. How long yeah. would you how long would you normally get to do something like that? To make a decomposing body. Well, something like that would normally be done in the shop because I'm gonna honestly say that I have to give credit to my pre-production team, the prep team. That's something that they would have time to do, not the day of shooting. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't normally do that type of job on set because we're moving fast you know I'm a problem solver on set but that was a huge problem (laughs) that normally doesn't happen in the short amount of time that we had and I had to do it um so normally they get they get a lot of time for that wow yeah that's that's crazy. But I, you know what I love you saying? I'm a problem solver on set. So how much do you see yourself? I mean, how flexible do you actually have to be? Is coming up with something for you to do last minute or um, maybe someone not realizing that this isn't exactly what you do, but they still need it done and you got to do it. How often are you in that situation as a scenic artist? It just depends on the director. Mm. Um, cause you have directors that are perfectionists and they want what they want. So yeah. it is certain people that challenge you more. I have basic things that I know as a scenic artist that I'm supposed to do, like walk the sets and I know how it should look. Cause I know what realness looks like. And I try to prep myself during a day. If I have that option, depending on if we're on a stage or if we're in the element. But other than that, I have to just be on spot for whatever they call for. And then also support other departments because the grips may need me to paint something and um, props may need me to age or, you know, bring realness to what they're they're setting up. Like, so we all work hand in hand. But if you have a director that's very particular, Mm -hmm. then um, more so than none, it can come up. You just got to be ready for it. Okay, see, this is interesting. I'm not getting the full scope because I didn't realize that you're aging, weathering, bringing realness to things that are in props and things that are just like in the same period. Yes. So all day, like that's what I do. I support other departments during the day for whatever they need. Um, Down to even like um, I had to take like what they in stunts, that's another department. They use stunt mats to for their um their stunt scenes and fighting mm-hmm. scenes and I may have to take a stunt mat and match it directly to the concrete that they're shooting on. So I have to make it look exactly like this concrete. 
And dealing with stunt coordinators, they'll tell me, hey, I need you to paint this stunt, man. I need it to look exactly like this. So I'm supporting everyone on set. Uh, uh, on set scenic does a lot of different things. And you just have to be ready for everything. We have our basic things that we do um, for lighting, like with the DP of uh, photography. Once you get to know certain DPs, like you know what they'll need. They'll, they'll need this. Um, window like you know age where it's not a glare coming in because of the lighting so certain things I know to do and be prepared for but I have to be prepared for anything wow so if I'm watching like Atlanta season two which you worked as a scenic artist on I can see your work in your I mean it's it's not like oh I did props so everything that's in somebody's hand you could see I mean you're you could be creating a you know, aging a prop or weathering a prop. So we're going to, we could see you in props. We could see you, like you said, in the, yep. on the concrete. If somebody is jumping or fighting or getting thrown around, honestly, wow. Yeah. It, yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. And then sometimes it's downtime. But for me, I, I never look at it as downtime because my mind always has to be prepared to solve whatever problem it is. Right, because you gotta just be ready to pitch it. Uh, come mm -hmm. in, the pitch. that is so fascinating. So, when it comes to watching, like if you're watching a show back, can you remember all the points where you were integral or all the points where you've done work in? Yes, absolutely. All scenes. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's so interesting. Absolutely. And then with me being in um, construction and paint and art department and we bring the realness and we want our sets to look really real no matter if it's like on stage or in the elements I judge shows by their backgrounds <laughs> and and I, I just look at certain things and I'm like mm. you know they could have did a little bit better there you know so I absolutely um check out the whole mise on scene I just I I, phone, I I focus into things that maybe other people when they're watching TV don't because they don't see it. It's minimal, but it's maximum. Mm. You get what I mean? Yes. And I think it's interesting because as a regular watcher, I look in the background for stuff too. But I think what happens is I will often think like, hmm, something seems weird about this scene, but I won't be able to put my finger on it. Right. But see, with you, you will know immediately what it is, you know? It's Absolutely. Like, oh, this thing doesn't look right here. Or that doesn't look, you know? So that is so interesting. So now I'm going to be looking for those. <laughs> I'm going to be looking yes. for those things. Yes, yeah. absolutely. So fascinating. So you were saying there are some basics that you come in and you know you have to do. Like if you work with a DP before, you know you need to have the lighting a certain way. What are some other basics that when you come in, you you know that you're probably going to have to get on immediately? Well, I normally get notes from my prep crew okay. beforehand so I can walk through and see if it's certain things that are supposed to look a certain way. They'll send me reference pictures and that's the stuff that I'm prepared for because I already know what to look for. And then just, just little stuff like if I see scubs because when the when the camera crews are coming in, the grips are moving stuff, everybody's moving, um, it's easily to get the paint scuffed and stuff like that. So I'm always looking for touch-ups. Mm -hmm. That's number one, like the first thing. So um, 
And then, like I said, the lighting and the windows and and things like that. So I just know those are the things that I need to focus on because I know the camera is going to see it. That's so interesting. So what would you say? I mean, you your your list of credits is so long. I just <laughs> I hesitate to even ask you. Um, what are you most proud of? What work that you've personally done are you most proud of? That is, that's an easy and a hard question. Mm. Um, A lot of times for me, I'm like an energy person and, and I, every set that I go on, I meet a whole new crew. I may have people that I work with on other shows in departments that I have worked with before, but I meet a new crew every single time because I'm the only one on set Mm. as a scenic. Everybody else in the paint and construction are prep. So I'm there to represent all of us, basically. Um, So I I like to feel the energy and my best shows that I really, really love. um, Of course, Ava is at the top of my list. Um, I think if it wasn't for her, I was I wouldn't have been able to be in this position to be noticed to be an onset. Um, and she just brought just good energy, empowering energy to me. And then I would say um, Aretha Genius with Anthony Hemingway the third. Like he is absolutely my favorite. He is. That's he he's my favorite. Um, my prep crew was scared of him. I don't know why. Because so, to me, he's so loving. But I was able to just talk to him. And he'd be like, yeah, no, I want it. Like, like, I would show him samples until I had to feel and see his vision. Mm-hmm. They couldn't get certain things right. They were like, we painted this window three times. We just don't know what he wants. And we just left the paint for you. And I was like, okay. That was my response, but then I I had to get with Anthony, and I was like, listen, before I just wipe all of this out, let me just give you some examples, and you give me your feel, and he was just giving me disco and giving me words like this, this feel, and and then I showed him, and he was like, yes, exactly, and right then, they were shooting in the opposite room while I'm actually editing these windows, and they're getting ready to move into this set. And I had all lights on me. It was so hot. It was it was one of the most biggest moments of pressure, but he loved it. So sometimes it's the energy with the directors, their DPs, mm. them in particular. So those, I can say, have been the two most um, projects. DMZ was crazy scenic work two of the most biggest projects and the most projects that I really love and I'm most proud of. That's awesome. I love it because you just seem like a person that loves a challenge, you know, everyone yeah. else, we don't know what he wants. And then Ava's like, Hey, I need you to get this done by today. I know you don't normally do it, but I need for you to do it <laughs> by today. Like, <laughs> yeah. like you yeah. arrive on a challenge. I love that. That's awesome. So would you say that somebody looking into maybe being a scenic artist, what are some important qualities that they should have um, besides liking a challenge? Um, Being able to communicate Mm. really good with like um, the other departments and crew members and, and then just the, with the DP and not being able to afraid to ask questions like, Hey, like, 
because we I'm under a time crunch because I don't really get much time and that's gonna um determine what I can do and and being able to deliver you what you want without you being dissatisfied so um I think like this last project that I was on with um Array Now in Savannah and Origin one of the girls that was in another department, she she thought I was a PA. And she was like, oh, are you a PA? What department are you in? And I was like, no, I'm, I'm actually the painter. And she was like, what? She was like, normally painters are weird. <laughs> and I can honestly say... I, wait, it's they, a contra- is that a controversial opinion or is that a true opinion? I mean, let us know for real. I, I think it's a true opinion because a lot of my colleagues that I work with in prep, they don't want to even be on set and near the cameras and and me too i really like to get in and get out before the cameras roll in i like to have everything done um because it is pressure having the whole company watching you do your thing especially if it's coming down to you yeah and that's the last minute you until we can start shooting you have to do this and now everybody's sitting around and they're just watching you so it it can be a lot of pressure and most artists, um, because I work with some of the most talented artists here in Georgia and um, IOTC 479, they don't want that scrutiny while they're creating. Hmm. So how are you able to do it? Because you work a ton on set. You can be a scenic artist and then a scenic artist on set and you do both and you do tons of, you have tons of on-set credits. So how are you able to um, just, I don't know, block it out and focus. Like you were telling us the story about the windows. They were in the other room getting ready to move into the window. Girl. And you were every day. up, like lights on you, you sweating. Like, <laughs> you know what? And I'm exhale because sometimes I don't know how I do it. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of pressure at times. Um, my dad just taught me to be tough. And I'm my biggest critic. A lot of times they just love it and I want to keep going. They're like, nah, right there. Just stop right there. <laughs> so I don't know. Um, I think I thrive off of the uh, the excitement of the pressure. Hmm. Just not knowing what's going to be thrown at me. And girl, I'm sweating a lot of times. <laughs> but once it's done, I feel good about it if they feel good. And it, it, and it helps me like to keep going. And I think I've been able to... Um, be an onset painter because I do have the communication skills and I I am active, proactive. Um, I'm supportive and I, I'm not afraid to speak up either if I'm in a position where, Hey, this is what I can give you. And, and that's all I could deliver. Like just being honest to in situations. Right. I, I think that's so interesting because you were talking about just um communicating in general and being able to say what you want but you know half of communication is listening and so when you were talking yep. about the one working with the one director and everybody was terrified of him because they couldn't get what he wanted you know you were able mm-hmm. to kind of like interpret his vision and be able to get it down everyone else had been listening but not quite getting it you know what I mean I think they were scared to talk to him Oh, that's interesting. They didn't even and then it. just try to coax out, like, like, what is the vibe? Like, Anthony, like, what's the vibe you're going for? Mm-hmm. Um, like, so that was a thing. And he can just say, Evs, this is what I need. He called me Evs. That was his name for me. <laughs> um, Ava would say, 
everyone on set called me Ebony, but she called me Nikki because she said, well, I'm going to be a close friend and family member. So I'm going to call you Nikki. She told me that the first day when she interviewed me. Oh, my gosh. And so she would say, wait a minute, Nikki. Let me just say, I love that for you. You were like, you you were like, Ava's my number one that I've worked with. I'm like, I haven't worked with Ava, but she's my number one. Like, I love her. Oh, yeah. I'm obsessed with her. And you telling yeah. me that she said she's going to call you Nikki from day one just makes me more obsessed. She is. Yeah, awesome. because she's so, she's like, she's so real and so down and so authentic. And I thought it was weird um, when they called me in and they said the director wanted to meet me, but um, she's just so focused on creating and giving black people opportunities so she actually looked for um black people and a black person in paint here in georgia and she wanted a woman especially but if she can't get a woman she's gonna get a black man like that's she wants her crew diverse she wants her Mm. crew to look like her so um they said um the director wants to meet you and i was like what director has never asked to meet me like what is going on like I didn't know it was her so I was just like um okay well I'll be there so it was kind of different for me and um actually she showed up late and then they were like go to catering eat all the food you want I was like what is going on (laughs) I was like this is different for me like this has never happened to me um Two days before my dad, I feel like he manifested this situation. He was like, you should work with Ava. I want you to work with Ava because he loves everything she does. Mm-hmm. And he he admires her. He loves her so much. And he said that two days prior. So I go to, so I finally, they was like, well, come on up to the office. Came up to the office and we still had to wait for her because she stopped off to get something on the way. But when she got there, she breathed through the room and her energy was just so amazing. And it was about four other people. And I was like, I came in my paint clothes. I came to work. I wasn't expecting an interview. And she was so uh, just just real, down to earth. And mm. she was like, hey, I'm Ava. And so she taught all of us. And she said, I want my head of the department to look like me. She talked to us, asked us about ourselves, asked us our names. And I told her, I was getting ready to say Nikki. I was like, oh, but Ebony, I was like, she was like, wait a minute. And I was like, well, my close family and friends call me Nikki. So a lot of times I'll just say that not thinking or I'll say Ebony if I got on a suit and tie, I had on paint clothes. (laughs) So she was like, well, I'm going to call you Nikki because I'm going to be like your close friend and family. And I was like, oh, wow, that was that was beautiful, but she stuck with it. And she would say, because she's not on walkie or anything, she's a director. Like, she's huge. Get Nikki. Everybody knew that it was me, even though they called me Ebony. Ebony. Only her assistant called me Nikki. But no one else went over that. They let her call me Nikki, but they all called me Ebony. Wow, that's a dope story. I love that. Oh my gosh, I love that for you. That's so unique too that you were like no director ever, you know, wanted to come and meet me and she had us all. No. That's that's really cool. That just sounds like a whole different vibe on set. I also um, met Anthony Hemingway, the third, AHP Films. I love him. Um, He's so down to earth too. He's from New York, from Brooklyn. My mother is from New York, so we had a vibe. Um, and he has this 
young spirit and he definitely bring the realness you know he directed a lot of um episodes of power and um shameless he did most mm-hmm. of the seasons of shameless wow. so he is like he's so cool he is too um a lot of people was afraid of ava too but that's because ava's a perfectionist she would but she she was the first one to say hey nigga come i want you to look at my monitor and look what I'm saying and what I want you to see, what how I want it to look. Mm. And she brought me to her monitor so I could look at it and then she can explain to me and I could feel her vibe of what she really wanted to see and how she wanted to see through the camera. Mm-hmm. So I was able to do that with her. Um, just like I said, it's just, it depends on the production. And if you want the best production, the best directors, they are perfectionists. Oh, that's interesting. But and and I think it's interesting that it's perfectionist, but also they're coming talking to like you were saying, she came and talked yeah. to me, he talked to me, right? Instead of yeah. getting filtering it through someone else. They were like, No, no, no. I oh yeah. This person, my vision. Yeah. They're both down to earth. Like, um, no, she'll she'll pull me to the side. Um, Anthony would do the same thing. And then I couldn't afraid I couldn't be afraid to also pull them to the side because if I can't get answers from other people that are afraid to communicate, then it's gonna leave me in a position where I'm gonna be behind the eight ball, and I I I never want to be in that position. Mm. It's a lot of pressure. Yeah, no, that is so that's so true. Please keep posting stuff on Instagram. I just love your content now that I found you because I think that. Um, they're going to be a lot of people who are going to have their mind blown by your podcast and the gems you're dropping right now. Just don't know, you know, what a scenic artist does, um, the day to day, how integral it is in the process, how much, um, what you do affects what we see. And then the vibe we get from the film, how we feel that whole, you know, just the whole situation from it. So, um, absolutely. Yeah, so I, I just, it's kind of hard for me though because my hands are in paint, so I have to have people like I have wonderful friends and crew members that take behind the scene pictures of me when I'm not looking, and I love that because I don't get a chance to take it myself a lot of times, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, no, that's a good point. It's good to have those friends, those friends who got your back out there. Well. <laughs> We're going to wrap up. It's been a, such a pleasure talking to you. I want to know what you are watching now. What are you enjoying now currently? Um, TV and movies, TV or movies. I'm into streaming. Mm-hmm. I do a lot of binge watching. I go back and watch stuff. Um, I'm starting over. Well, I honestly, I have been watching um, Power oh, yeah. Ghost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely love that. And I finished up BMF. I did do season one of BMF. So um, that's one I love. And I watched the background evolve too. So it's great. Um, so I like those on Stars. I, I love all 50 Cent. Um, I love him too. He was <laughs> awesome on set. He was, he he's so cool. Everybody think he ass, but he, he's a cool guy and he, but he, he's all about work. He's in there. So I love him. He, he was one of my greats. So I can say that he has a really good um, spirit. 
He had a good spirit to me. Well, that's good. I know. Interesting I, I know people don't want to get on his bad side. <laughs> if you see the stuff he does right. on Instagram. He is but a I had petty. It's hilarious, though. He is. not directed at but, me, so. But he's petty for a reason. And I, <laughs> I, I understand it, but he has such a powerful voice. It's, it's funny. And I wouldn't want to get on his bad side, but I had a great experience with him. That's interesting. So, um, but yeah, I I watch a lot of stuff. I watch a lot of stuff in the African streaming market, a lot of stuff in yeah. the Spanish markets. Um, I'm into TV, period. I'm also a creator and writer. Um, I just registered my uh, drama. It's a dramedy, comedy, dramedy, something on the... Um, on a like of shameless but diff- but not shameless but okay. like that type of energy and vibe i just registered it on my birthday january 5th 2023 that wasn't done intentional so um i'm going through revisions now in a table read so hopefully i can get my own thing my own content mm-hmm. yes. in a deal do yes. it i got oh, three seasons yes absolutely do it. Do it. so I love so, that for um, you. Oh, and I love that you're January you. 5th, my husband. That's my husband's birthday. So Okay, yeah. Good, awesome people have January 5th birthdays. So I those Thank are you. such great shows. Don't you I love I just love streaming because Me too. I this, I'm a binge watcher the same way. I'll sit down and I'll be like, "Oh, we oh, season 1 is over?" Like, "Okay, uh tomorrow night we'll do season 2 bit." Like, yeah, I love watching that face. I have I have a really broad perspective on everything I watch though because one of my friends she laughs at me because she can't understand the African stuff and she hates to read subtitles. Um, I'm very broad, and then I love a lot of the old queen shows. So I'm into the old age like chess. They playing chess in the castle and a lot of those type of shows oh, wow. like yeah. The Crown. Like I'm into. I have a really broad range of stuff that I watch when I have time and I just mm-hmm. binge. I used to review films for Atlanta Jewish Film Festival. Oh, yeah. When I had time, when I was off of work, I would uh, screen, do screenings and ratings for the film festival. Yeah. Oh, that's dope. That sounds like so much fun. Oh my gosh, I love it. It is. So it's I'm fun. excited for you to be on the other end. Like you've been reviewing, you've been creating. I'm I'm excited to to see. Will you come back when you you said that you register your your dramedy, you're doing your table reads. Come back and talk to me when it's up, when it's out. If you're doing yes. any kind of promotion or whatever, we definitely want to support you here at Black Who Call. I'm very excited for you. I feel like thank you. I feel like you're a go-getter and you just work well under pressure. You just feel like a person that can yeah. do everything. So it's going to be successful. Just let me know what I can do to support. So thank you for the good vibes. Thank you. So my, my last, my last question is really about giving back because I consider my podcast to really just be a service, right? It's mm-hmm. to help expose black people to everything that's going on behind the scenes, positions that they've never even thought about. You know, we might have somebody listening now that's like, oh, I'm really, ex- I'm really experienced in pain and I know how to weather and age things. And that sounds really dope, right? And I had never thought about it before. So I just wonder why is giving back so important to you? Why did you take time out of your schedule to come and talk to us? 
Well, giving back is just in my blood anyway. Um, through my family, we've always given back to our community through my dad's, our my, my parent company. And then also in um, paint and film, through a red green, actually, I gave all of the extra paint that I had this glass production with uh, a raid now in origin. I donated all the paint to the local schools and technical and art schools in Savannah. So, I mean, you always have to give back. You got to have somebody to help you because you, sometimes we don't know how to get here. Mm-hmm. You just, you have to. And I feel like I get my blessings that way. So, I love giving it. back is everything. I love yeah. it. Any last recommendations, final words for people who might be interested in becoming a scenic artist? Any last bit of advice for them? I say that they try to get on a set in the prep because I started there as a PA, utility, set painter. I learned a lot. Um, we always meet people in paint. And you'll learn a lot of stuff about production. You're around the production. You have to get in the production to learn the production. You'll learn the different things that you like. Mm-hmm. And you'll learn just stuff every day. I, I'm I'm still learning constantly. I'm still learning from older uh, scenic artists and the ones that taught me the stuff that I do know. Like I had just the regular skill, but I was able to uh, compound on top of it and bring it to another level so just start just get there That's get in the environment especially if you're an artist mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love it all right well thank you so much for coming on we appreciate it we've had a ball talking to you getting all the dreams that the gems that you've dropped um once again guys I'm your host Kay Montgomery this has been Black Crew Call you know what we always say Keep dreaming, stay black. Special thank you to Kala for our theme music and for editing on this episode. And special thank you to Kimbe Sullivan for creative consulting.